Holy Gospel is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. This will serve as the basis for our meditation this morning. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evildoer. If someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone wants to sue you to take away your shirt, give him your coat too. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Indeed, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even tax collectors do that, don't they? If you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the unbelievers do that. So then be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love is in the air. The text message showed up on my phone on Friday afternoon as Regal Cinemas was trying to get me to buy into their Valentine's Day date night deal for popcorn and a movie. You go to the store, you go to Walmart, you go to Target, you go to Publix, wherever it might go, you're still, liable to, you're still likely to find uh, some aisles that are all festooned with red and pink, you know, all kinds of valentines and chocolates and treats and trinkets all over the place. Because you know, in only a couple of days, it's Valentine's Day and you're obligated to buy something lovely for someone you love. Of course, by Tuesday night, those pink and red aisles will turn green for St. Patrick's Day or spring colors for Easter. I mean, you go to Walmart, you're already finding the Cadbury eggs and the uh, uh, Reese's peanut butter eggs too already waiting for you to buy them for Easter. But is any of that for Valentine's Day, is any of that really truly love? Now for maybe this weekend or this day actually, at least for some of you, you're not so much thinking about the person or people in your life, but you're thinking more about your love for your favorite team or for the sport that you love. Fans of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs are eager for tonight's Super Bowl game because they want to see if their team, the team that they love, is going to win it all. Or for football fans, they're looking forward to watching the biggest game of the year. Or maybe you're just simply one of those folks who loves to watch the commercials. But is any of that really, truly love? Maybe we, we could zoom out a little bit. Rather than focus on Valentine's Day love or favorite team love, have you noticed how you see the word love everywhere you know it's on shirts and it's on billboards and it's in advertising it's all over the place you know phrases like love wins love overcomes the power of love love over hate love yourself but is any of that really truly love is valentine's love or favorite team love or the vague love plastered on, on shirts and signs really, truly love? Is selfless love, is it selfless love or is it more of a, a love that's of a selfish kind? 
I mean, do I ever buy chocolates and hand out Valentine's so I can receive acts of love back? Is my love for my favorite team or my favorite sport ever really selfless? What kind of love do I promote when I claim love wins? Is that selfless, godly love, or is that a love based on loving who you think you should be or who you think you are? This morning, we sit at the feet of Jesus once more as he preaches his sermon from the mount. In this sermon, Jesus has forced us to take a long, hard look at ourselves, how we think, and who we are. But today, he makes us look at how we look at others. One more time, Jesus has hard words for us to hear, and these words are about love and how that love flows from him through us to others. So what does Jesus have to say? You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evildoer. If someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone wants to sue you to take away your shirt, give him your coat too. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. These words, they must have shocked Jesus' hearers. Do they shock us? I mean, who of us doesn't want to stand up for themselves? Who, who doesn't want to resist evil? Who actually wants to turn the other cheek? I mean, we all say we can do it, uh, but then in, they, when it comes to reality and the rubber hits the road, do we actually, are we actually willing to do that? Or think about it this way. How do you react when someone wrongs you? How do you react when someone attacks you? Whether that's an actual attack, attack or whether that's a perceived attack. I doubt you're, knowing myself, I'm guessing you having human nature would be similar. I doubt it's peaceful. I doubt it's selfless. Chances are quite good that we snarl when we are attacked. We bite when we are bitten. We demand a pound of flesh when a pound of flesh has been taken from us. After all, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? But no, Pastor, I wouldn't do that. I'm not a vengeful person. Yet our anger and vengeance... Uh, practically virtues in our society? How quickly we embrace what we perceive as righteous anger when someone wrongs us or someone close to us. Yet in that moment of anger, don't we really need to ask ourselves, what am I trying to defend? Because when I'm angry, I'm when we, anger is in defense of something. God gets angry, he defends what is holy and right. But when I get angry, am I really defending what is right in God's sight? Or am I defending me and what I want and what I think is best? And in that moment, is my anger going from becoming selfless and righteous to selfish? Then you stop and think about what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 5. Not resisting an evildoer. Turning the other cheek after being struck, conceding to someone who sues you, giving to someone, to whomever asks, no matter who that is. What's he talking about here? Because Jesus has some hard words for us to hear. But it's first important for us to realize what Jesus is not saying. Jesus is not telling me that I have to give, to, that I have to give what I have to any scoundrel, no matter who asks and what he asks for. 
Jesus is not telling me to deprive my family of what they need. Jesus is not obligating me to take abuse from an abuser or injustice from those who seek my ruin. Jesus is not obligating me to suffer need by lending to everybody under the sun with no concern for those whom God has really put under my care. But what is Jesus saying to me here? Jesus is calling us to break the natural cycle of evil action that we all run into and that we've all been part of. Someone wrongs someone. The person who's been wronged seeks vengeance against the person who, who wronged them. And so maybe they get what they want, and that ruins the person who has wronged them, but it also can do permanent lasting damage to the person who is wronged because vengeance almost always leaves someone empty. And if they wrong then, and then if that person who is wronged wrongs someone else, then that person goes after them and the cycle continues over and over and over again. And what happens to peace and what happens to love and what happens to selflessness and all of that as it goes from person to person, family to family, generation to generation. We've all been part of it. Jesus is calling us to break that cycle of evil rather than seek revenge and retribution. Jesus calls us to non-resistance. Jesus calls us to live a selfless life towards those around us. Love means not seeking my own selfish gain, but looking outside myself to seek the good of others. But who of us can do that? Who of us can really, truly forgive who of us can let go of the wrong we have suffered? Who of us can look at an enemy in love? But isn't that what Jesus is asking us to do here in Matthew 5 as he ramps up God's expectations for selflessness? He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. Love means being selfless even to my enemies, no one excluded. But how is that possible? How can I love my enemies? How can I pray for those who persecute me? I mean, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, I mean, that's practically a creed in our culture. I will love who I want to love, and I will reject anyone I want to reject, and anyone I don't like even if it's wrong to hate. And no one can tell me that I'm wrong. If you do, I will reject you. Hatred and anger are worldly virtues today. If you hold a different political view than I do, I cannot like you and I cannot love you. If you look different from me, think differently from me, act differently than me, I cannot love you and I cannot like you. If you have a different background than me, or you don't have as much or as little money as I do, then I cannot love you and I cannot like you. If you have wronged me or hurt me, whether in reality or perceived in my mind, whether if you have insulted me or you looked at me funny, I cannot love you and I cannot like you. I am no hater, but I can't possibly love you. But what's the opposite of love? Hate. You don't believe me that this is something we've all fallen into? Just scroll through your new social media feeds if you have those. And if not, at least listen to how you and your friends or your coworkers or your classmates talk about other people or think about how you have thought about other people in the past couple of weeks. 
Were the things that you have said about others or the things you wrote about others or the things you thought about others in the past couple of weeks pass Jesus' test to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? Do you actually pray for those who make your life miserable or do you only do it when they're nice to you? Do you foster vengeance in the dark recesses of your heart? Do you foster hatred when others give you an opportunity to blow off steam? Do you smile at someone and tell them one thing when you're really harboring hurtful, hateful thoughts in your mind? But what does God's word say to those who harbor hate of any kind in their minds? Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. Hatred and anger don't seem so pleasant anymore, do they? God's word shines that bright light of God's law into the dark corners of my heart and forces me to ask myself, have I only loved those who love me or those who are like me? Have I been selfish with my love? Have I treated others with prejudice or discrimination or hatred or racism, even if it wasn't obvious or direct? Have I compared myself to others and looked down on them when God commands that I compare myself to Him? Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And frankly, friends, when we compare ourselves to God, it's no comparison. We all fall short. When I look at my thoughts, when I look at my words, when I look at my love, what else can I do than cry out to God, who will rescue me from this body of death? I am left to the thoughts about others in my mind. Jesus has hard words about love for us today. But look to the one who spoke those words. God commands that we be perfect as he is. As perfect as he is. We could not. So Jesus was. Rather than get the vengeance for all the injustice he suffered, and trust me, he suffered plenty, Jesus willingly did not resist those who did evil to him and caused him suffering. Instead, Jesus willingly turned the other cheek. Why? Because we could not. Jesus willingly went the extra mile, even to the point of facing suffering, even to the point of death on the cross, because we have not. Jesus willingly gave selflessly of himself all his life, because our lives have been corrupted with selfishness day in and day out since the beginning. And then Jesus did what none of us could do. He loved his enemies. Think about that. He loved his enemies, even as they were pounding nails into his hands and feet, even as he was going through all that. What is Jesus doing? He's praying for them. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Jesus is loving his enemies even as they're putting him to death. And that prayer he prays for his enemies, he prays in love for us. He prays for us, his enemies. And then God demonstrates real, true love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Just take that in. Jesus reconciled us with our enemy, God. Jesus reconciled God with his enemy, us. 
He brought us into his family. He brought us together. He paid for us with his holy, precious blood. Why? Why would he do that? So that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. Not his enemies, not his adversaries, not opposed to him, but to be his holy, priceless, precious, blood-bought children. Isn't that remarkable? That's love. Our Father shows goodness to the wicked and the righteous alike. He causes the sun to shine on all of us. And He sends the sun to save each of us. Loved by our Heavenly Father, we are now called to love like Him. We are called to love like Christ, to be like Christ, to call to live like Christ and to love like our Heavenly Father, whether that's the neighbors that God puts into our lives, not just the folks next door, but the people who live in your home and who work at your workplace and who, who hang out with you. All those neighbors He puts in your path to serve, but also that enemy, that person who makes your life miserable, the person who frustrates you. Jesus calls you to love them too because he loved them too. Isn't that remarkable? We love because Christ loved us first. That's real, true love. So my friends, we pray. Lord, help us to love others as you have loved us. Amen.